Sorry, I had so many kittens. She ended up having three kittens in my apartment and it was like literally the best thing that's ever happened to me in my life. This is Champagne is also a band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champaign-Urbana. Recorded in the Blue Box studio with a songwriter from the Champaign-Urbana music scene, past or present. Champagne is also a band podcast is a member of the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Welcome to Champagne is Also a Band podcast. Today, I have Annika Emily. You may know Annika from a very long time ago. She was briefly in a pop punk band called Free Fallout Boy Concert. And uh, <laughs> apparently, it was very short lived, but nonetheless memorable. Today, we're going to listen to her song, Finish Line off of the album that is slowly building, which is the Perimeter Road Studio Singles series. Annika, welcome to the show. Thank you. So without further ado, let's listen to the song. I should have worn that I'd get attached you should have known this you've seen my past i saw my pain in a crystal ball and i warned you and still you let me fall but you shouldn't have done this at all i love you to the stars and back i love you like the ice is about to crack Till I'm burnt out of rhymes But I'm sick of being tired all the time Swallow up my pride Swallow up that lump in my throat Been there since you arrived Loving you so easy Till we make it to the finish line So easy Till I'm crossing behind Yeah, so easy What language do I have to speak? Make you understand that you're hurting me I saw it first makes it my fault Tonight this playing game won't end in a draw No, cause you shouldn't have done this at all I love you to the stars and back I love you like the ice is about to crack Love till I'm burnt out of rhymes But I'm sick of being tired all the time Swallow up my pride Swallow up that lump in my throat And there's a drive Loving you so easy Till we make it to the finish line So easy Till I'm crossed behind Yeah, so easy Loving you's a crime My soul deserves to die Grant me with three wishes and I swear to God it might, it's so sublime 
face too numb to cry We're all just staying high until we make it to the light So easy, till I'm crossing behind Yeah, so easy, the finish line So easy, but you shouldn't have done this at In place. I love till I'm burnt out of rhymes, but I'm sick of being tired all the time. Swallow up my pride, swallow up that lump in my throat, and there's a new pride. Loving you so easy till we make it to the finish line. So easy till I'm crossing behind. Yeah, so easy the finish line. So easy. But you shouldn't have done this at all. All right, welcome back. So, my first and favorite question to always ask is what came first, the music or the words? Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, I think I wrote, I usually write words first to start the song and then as the song goes on I kind of like write them more together if that makes sense but yeah Mm -hmm. I think that this one started out with some of the words first and then I sort of wrote that along to the music I also had like a guitar part kind of that I was like oh I want to write to this so I was kind of writing to those chords you had something that you were fiddling around with on the guitar and you were like I need to put something with it but then you also had this other great set of words that you were going to kind of mash them together and make it work yeah it's kind of a 50 50 on that one then yeah definitely that's kind of how i write most of my songs is i will like write a bunch of words and also come up with like instrumental part and then kind of mash them together is it more of like this kind of weird joining together or are you like i like the way that this makes me feel these words make me feel this way and so you do something on the guitar or on the piano because you also play the piano as well or keyboard Mm -hmm. and then you kind of blend them together or yeah sometimes other times i just like write a bunch of words first or I like write a full chord progression first or something. I guess it really depends on the song for me. Where did the lyrics on this one start? Because sometimes I've noticed that that some of the songs don't always start right at that first verse. Sometimes something comes up first and then... Yeah, I think I came up with like the bridge and the chorus first before I came up with the verses. I don't really remember. I wrote this a while ago, honestly. So oh, really? Yeah, okay. I did. I wrote this over a year ago. If you wrote this over a year ago and it was just recently recorded and released, how would you say that it's like changed and morphed as you've worked on it and put it together? The biggest change was probably switching from me playing it to Jake, my boyfriend, and also accompanist playing it um, for me because he really took the guitar part in a different direction than I had it in the first place and made it a lot more intricate and interesting. And also it sped up a lot when we started doing it together. So that was also kind of a big change from the original, I would say. Um, so some of the choices of, of rhythm, perhaps even, because I, I know that that's, that's kind of Jake's, uh, of course, as Jake is sitting here and, and has not been allowed a microphone. Um <laughs> I've noticed, like, you tend to have that very rhythmic and a little bit more syncopated and and some more, like, faster strumming techniques. So, I'm curious if that kind of brought some energy to the song yeah, a little d- bit? Yeah, I was going to say, I think it definitely got like more energetic once we started playing it together. And then Jake actually played guitars and drums 
on the recording. Kind of like the same elements from when we were doing it live. It's got to stay in the actual studio recording. Did you play the, there's there's a, a spot where there's some keys in there and yeah, stuff I like that? Yeah, I played the keys. Okay. And then Will Penny, who works with Perimeter Road, played the bass. You said that the bridge was probably the first place. And, and I'm notorious for... I don't know, maybe self-proclaimed notorious for naming things the wrong thing. Um, like saying that this is the pre-chorus, this is the chorus, oh, and then yeah. this is the bridge. So I when you said bridge, bridge... I mean pre-chorus. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. The I so, love you to the stars and back part. Yes. Yeah. That's the, good. I, I actually labeled that as a pre-chorus. Wow. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant by bridge. Um, and, uh, well, and I was going to say, like, to me, that the bridge was almost like the so easy till... I'm crossing behind. Yeah, so easy. Yeah. It's kind of, to me, it was like a bridge kind that of That definitely thing, makes sense. I probably just said it in the wrong way. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. Hey, I'm, I'm just happy to get <laughs> some things right some of the time. Okay, so you wrote that pre-chorus. That was your initial start. I like, think so, if I remember correctly, yeah. I guess we could just kind of dive in. What inspired this song? I have some ideas of what where I feel like, that this started but is there is there a particular story that goes along with this song or is it kind of an amalgamation of different experiences that you brought together oh it was definitely just one experience yeah i guess without getting like too deep and personal into it yeah i write all of my music based off of like really extremely personal experiences and basically like what you hear in the lyrics is what is happening or like what happened if that makes sense gotcha um but yeah this was just like a messy relationship problem that I just felt like I needed to write about and pretty much exactly what's in the song is really what was happening. Not to go into too much detail, you know, this this understanding of let's just cut it to like when you're not in a very fulfilling relationship where you don't feel that your needs are being met or like they're not emotionally there for you or they're it's very, very easy to hold on to a person even in spite of some of the things that they do. And I feel like this, that, that pre-chorus that you said that you started is, is very much that, you know, that I love you to the stars and back. Even in a worse situation, you still hold on. I mean, that's that's the part that I feel is kind of the, the linchpin of the song, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Like there's a sense of getting stuck. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's basically a song about like getting stuck in... A situation i guess feeling like a lot of strong emotions but not really being able to do anything about them if that makes sense what does the finish line mean to you when you use that line you know till we make it to the finish line what what does that mean to you to say the finish line yeah i guess like the finish line is really like i didn't know what was going to happen and the finish uh-huh. line was like this is where it like could be at or like where it will be at at some mm. point but like we haven't gotten there yet and we like don't know what's going to happen the finish line is kind of a loaded thing, isn't it? Yeah. Like, so, I mean, it's not trying to cross the finish line together. It's just trying to be done with the race, kind of, maybe? Yeah, kind a little of bit. like that, yeah. Yeah. Making it to the finish line symbolizes, yeah, like being done with the race and like having all of that like competition and stuff stop, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 One of the things that kind of stands out to me is there's there's this kind of like there's this one word that just sticks out in the song, it seems like that matches with that idea of like discontentment or like whatever. And that's the, the word. Yeah. The way, yeah. The, the way that you say it each of the times you say it four times and each of the times you say it, it's, it's like, yeah, 
Yeah. You're like, okay, again, whatever. Yeah. I think that actually is kind of where that came from. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I I guess I was looking for like something to fill that space and I was like, Mm. that seems like to the point and like over it. (laughs) The, the line of till I'm crossing behind, you know, that, that kind of implies since we're talking about heading towards the finish line, like that you may see yourself as behind in this race a little bit. Yeah. And, um, but you're crossing behind and you're getting ready to just kind of pass this other person. I mean, really, that section was kind of just meant to be like drop down, like filler section, mm-hmm. I guess. But yeah. um, but yeah, I guess just like repeating those words, I just wanted to like emphasize what was happening in the chorus and emphasize the fact that it is so easy to like be in the race, as to say, and like being with this person. But then like till I'm crossing behind is like, it's not easy anymore because I'm like losing the race or whatever. Do you have a favorite line that you have in this song? I really like the, I love you to the stars in space, but I'm fucking tired of second place. That just always like, I don't know. I really liked how they did it in the song, uh, in the recording too, because they really did like a big drop and then like a, like an explosive ending kind of. It's just like always exciting when it gets to that part. I really like seeing like the audience's reaction and it does feel like very empowering. Where did the line... I love till I'm burnt out of rhymes. Where did that kind of... Um, that was because I was just writing so much about this one situation. And I like literally felt like I was like running out of rhymes to use because I was writing so much. I like... I, I had rhymed everything with everything, it seems like already. And I like literally felt like I was like running out of rhymes to write in songs. Like how did the recording of the song start? So I think we started with like a scratch guitar track um because he wanted that to play the drums along with to like know where we were at in the song so we did that and then we recorded the drums which jake played that was one session and then the next session we recorded the actual guitar and bass i think they did in that session too um they literally did the bass i was like not even in the room and i came in and i was like it sounds great and then we did vocals all in one day in the next session, and then um, we did keyboard, and then that was it, yeah. How did you decide on which, which parts to like harmonize with, or do you hear that when you're, when you're playing, you're like, I can hear this other voice that's yeah. going over the top of it? I'd been thinking about it for a while, because I always, I like love harmony, and mm-hmm. I love listening to music with harmony, so I definitely knew that I wanted my song to have a few like really major points of harmony um and i didn't but i didn't really know what it was gonna be until we just like they just played the song a couple times and i just like sang random stuff over it Mm. and um it kind of just like got put together like that like i didn't really have a plan for it it kind of just happened like how i was feeling it while the song was going but the first time that your your harmony comes in is that that line of but you shouldn't have done this at all yeah and it's i mean did you actually have all harmonies planned on all of these or was it like you only kind of interspersed no i just like interspersed them kind of i had them play the song for me a few times and i kind of just sang whatever i was feeling in the moment over it oh okay yeah so some of those are very like improvised in some ways or okay pretty much all of them are i i really like harmony and i like sing harmony to a lot of things a lot of the time so i'm pretty comfortable just like jumping in on a harmony and so i that's kind of what i did for the whole thing i just kind of like jumped in at random moments and 
started singing. When you originally put this together, were you using a capo or did it just... I was, but I was actually using it on a different fret. He plays different chords than I do with the capo on a different fret and i oh, oh so it's the same key yeah it's but the same you're just key, playing different oh just yeah different chords yeah different shapes yeah yeah mm-hmm. okay well yeah. that's interesting i can't play bar chords <laughs> well yeah. sometimes they sound right but also like i kind of feel like your style is more like open chords anyway it wouldn't have that same sound to it from the original there was no key change no key change okay. yeah i'm really particular about what keys i write my songs in i'm really picky about my range what notes i sing and what parts of my voice it's kind of annoying <laughs> but i wait to you or to yeah the to me music? oh okay um just because i like i would love to just like sing everything in any key or whatever but i'm really picky about like how my voice sounds in different parts so i like to make everything like in a very specific range for myself so i never change the keys of my songs after i write them and if i ever like don't have a capo or something i am totally screwed because i like can't play it (laughs) i don't want to sing it in like a different key than i wrote it in because i place things in my voice differently when i change the key of something i can't place the notes in the same places if that uh, may like between yeah. my head voice and my chest voice i have to make sure that everything's in like a perfect key well that sounds like a very strong focus upon the kind of tone that you generate with phrases that you sing so you know you definitely have a certain tessitura in terms of where your range is and like you get a certain sound yeah and that that makes sense does that in a certain way do you see that as how like when you have certain phrases that you know that if you're in that particular key you know that when you're going to sing this next phrase, it's going to be higher up and then like more gritty or more like forceful. Yeah, I definitely think about that. Like when I'm singing, I personally feel like my head voice and my chest voice are like drastically different. I used to be a choral ed major, but I was in voice lessons and stuff at U of I. And I feel like my head voice has like stayed there to like the like professional, like almost operatic type Mm -hmm. singing. And then my chest voice has gone like totally in like a pop direction. It's really weird what like not training your voice does to it. Like not training it like properly, I guess, in that kind of a way. <laughs> I've noticed this with some of the, some of the stuff that you've performed is that you do have that like as you're finishing the phrase, like you you jump into almost like a melisma or something like that where you're holding the syllable with multiple notes. Has that always been like a part of your style? Oh, I'm not sure. I think that's something that I've gotten into more recently especially listening to like a lot more r&b music because i feel like they do that more than like traditional like pop singers i i honestly haven't really like thought about that really ever but i think that's like probably a newer thing that i've Mm. gotten from like the types of music that i've been listening to in the past year or two do you feel like that also has a little bit more with your confidence in your songwriting earlier songwriters are much more likely to just be like "Eh, eh, eh, eh," instead Mm -hmm. of like let's put put a like a beautiful line together right yeah i don't even know if it's as much confidence as it is uh i'm just like bored with stuff that i've like written in the past Mm. and i want to try to change it up and like make it different and more unique so i think it's probably more to do with that just like trying to differentiate my stuff from other stuff i've written and other people's stuff so how long have you been singing and writing music Um, really forever (laughs) since I remember writing music with my friends in third grade specifically we like had a whole book of songs we would like write and sing at recess and that's just like what we did all the time and we like had a band yeah so that's my first memory of like writing music but I know I've been writing music like consistently really since since then so yeah I've really been like writing 
since I was very young and they were really stupid songs. So it wasn't like I was creating masterpieces when I was in third grade, but I still remember some of them and they're really dumb. You still remember some of the care to... Oh, no, no it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe after. <laughs> I really got into writing and singing about like two and a half years ago. Like I got more into it when I started going to open mics around and that really encouraged me to keep writing and keep like performing my stuff out for people. So that was when I really got into it like two and a half years ago. You mentioned that you were a vocal major. Is that still kind of your pursuit or? No. Are you... So I started off college as a choral music ed vocal student. Then I ended up switching majors a year and a half in to advertising. Right now I'm just kind of having fun and enjoying my time doing music around town. But eventually I, I'm looking to get a job more in like the advertising yeah. type field. Yeah. But I really want it to be like music related too. like, I want to <laughs> do some sort of like music promotions or something like mm. that. So I, I don't really want to work like in advertising. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, you wouldn't not at like an agency. You wouldn't be like interested in doing like jingles or something like that. Or maybe you would. Maybe I don't I know. Would. I don't oh. know. I could do that. I always feel like if I write something, I have probably like 30 seconds worth of a good idea. And so I'm like, that's a jingle. There you yeah. go. You know, when you've written a song about a person, about a situation, do you ever wish maybe that person knows that this song is about them? Usually they do. Oh, usually they do. Okay. okay. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I feel like usually people probably know that my songs are about them. I like it, actually. At first, yeah. it was a little bit uncomfortable, but um, I guess like once I got used to it, it was like, it's like a way that I can really speak my mind and be honest. Do you feel like this is finally saying some of the things that you wish you could have said in the relationship and that the person can maybe finally hear the things that you wanted them to hear in the first place? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was probably all stuff that was said before, but I it's definitely like a good reminder. This song, it's not like in the style of a lot of the other music I write, I would say. It's like, fa it's definitely more upbeat, more aggressive, <laughs> okay. if that's a good word to use, yeah. I guess. But yeah, it's definitely like not as similar to my other stuff as some of my other stuff is, uh, if that makes sense. But yeah. it's still like one of my favorite songs that I've written. I think I was like really trying to challenge myself writing this song because um, first of all, it's like a hard song to sing and I had to like work really hard on getting all the runs and also because it is like in a different style a little bit than not like drastically different, but like kind of different from my other stuff. Going back to Jake's style of playing, was that part of what influenced that or was that... I think so, Did, did yeah. you already have that? Okay. I think I, it, it definitely like, yeah, it used to be like more... In, like it was slower. I think that's the main thing. This is like the fastest song I've ever written. So I think that's like the main reason why I feel like it's so mm. different. It's definitely more in like a pop style, I would say. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Jubilee Cafe. Jubilee Cafe is a free weekly meal program at Community United Church of Christ, 805 South 6th Street in Champaign, Illinois. Jubilee Cafe serves a home-cooked meal from 5 to 6.30 each Monday. Their mission is to feed hungry people by cooking healthy, delicious meals and by serving their guests restaurant-style with servers waiting on tables. Jubilee Cafe is open to anyone who cares to eat with them. Because food insecurity among students is so high, they serve students as well as others in and around the Champaign-Urbana community who struggle with hunger. Meals are free to all and will be served each Monday evening. 
located in the accessible lower level of the building at 6th and Daniel Streets in Champaign. For more information on the meal or how to volunteer, go to the Jubilee Cafe CUCC Facebook page or email them at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. That's jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. Welcome back. So let's talk about the scene a little bit. Do you have a favorite venue around here in Champaign-Urbana? Yeah, I have to say my favorite venue is Canopy Club because I just have so many like very unique, different memories from there from like literally every year since I've lived here. Well, and you mentioned that the Canopy Club, their Monday night open mic night, I'm assuming that was one of the open mics that you were referring to. Yeah, that was the first one I ever went to with my friend Tori Leppert. She used to be a local artist around here. She's in LA now. She took me to this open mic at Canopy Club and I had never been before. And I remember we played Riptide by Vance Joy together. (laughs) And I just remember it was so fun. I was like, wow, I want to do this all the time, every week. Pretty much ever since then, I've been going every week for the past couple of years. And it's just been the biggest place of growth for me as an artist, Mm. because it was just the first time that I ever felt comfortable like performing on my own in front of people. Because I grew up doing like choir and theater where I was surrounded by other people Mm. on stage. But this was like my first time doing something just solo. It's just been such a good experience. And I've, yeah, I've had so much growth since I started going there. You mentioned earlier that it inspires you to keep writing new and different things so that you can bring it to the the open mic. Definitely. I'm always really excited when I have a new song that I've written that I can share with people at open mic. And people are always just like so nice about it. Anytime anyone does anything new there, you can count on other people coming up and being like, I loved your new song because people are just like so supportive there. It's been really great in helping me with my writing and continuing to write and being motivated to write. Before we began the interview, you mentioned that the espresso over at uh, Nevada and Goodwin on the first Thursday of the month. Okay, so I guess I meant Oregon and Nevada. They have an open mic. And is that, do you facilitate that or is that someone else? Yeah, I actually, I host and run that open mic. Yeah, I started it about a year and a few months ago. I'm pretty sure we actually started at the Daniel Street location of Espresso that is closed now. Yeah. Yeah, and then we ended up moving it over to the Oregon Street store. And I've actually worked at the Oregon Street store for the past six years. It like really made sense for us to do it there. It feels like my home. It's a really good atmosphere for the open mic. So the Canopy is your favorite venue. Is there any like really cool shows that you've seen at the Canopy that you look back and you're like, this was an amazing show or Um, your favorite show? Well, I saw like one of my favorite it's, it's an electronic duo called Odessa, and mm-hmm. um, I actually like have a tattoo for them, and they like were a really big part of my life for a few years. I kind of like followed them around the Midwest and like watched their tour, and um, they played at Canopy, oh God, I don't remember the year, like 2015 or 2016. It was like before they got to be like really big, they're like really big now. It was like a really small, intimate show, and I was I'm just really lucky that I got to see it before they like started doing these like huge shows that like sold out venues Mm. yeah i don't know that'll just always be like one of my favorite memories there Mm. and also um i see the floozies every time they come and we're going on sunday 
tomorrow is that today no tomorrow yeah we're going to see the floozies tomorrow and i see them every time they're there and that's always a really good show and it's been like a special thing to keep up with kind of and and that's in the the main the main room large, yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. is there what's the difference like not the difference but what uh, the the smaller room, there's a name for that, and I forgot what I it's called. I think it's, is it called the Red Room? Is that what they call it? Oh, the yeah. Red Room. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. But yeah. Just, and then the other one's just, like, in the big room. Yeah. the main room. Okay. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. No, I, I I thought I saw it, and I'm like, oh, that's what they call it, and then went out right out my head. Yeah. I forgot. How did you get connected with Perimeter Road to record the song? So, last semester, I took a music recording class at Parkland. Um, yeah, and... Um, Adam, the teacher, uh, is in charge of Perimeter Road, and he's like the faculty advisor or whatever for them. And also, my TA for that class was my friend Luke, who also does sound at Canopy Club, so I knew him from open mics. I knew Adam and Luke from the recording class, and then I also knew Luke from Canopy Club. Then he just ended up asking me if I wanted to be the first artist for this year for the single series, because they knew that I was looking to do stuff like that because I had taken the class last semester. Cool. Yeah, so it was like, it was really perfect because I have been looking for a way to like get started recording because I'm just like kind of scared to do it myself. But Mm -hmm. um, having the support of all of them and all of their expertise was just like really perfect for this because they taught me a lot and now I feel a little more comfortable that I could do something myself. So is this series, is this part of a class that that people are taking or is this just like a few people that are already involved in the program at Parkland that work on this as well? Yeah, it's separate than the class. Most of the students that are in the perimeter road, like in the club, are also students in the class Mm. or like were students in that class. So that's how they get most of the people to participate. It's separate than the actual class. It's basically they want to do it for their own practical experience. It's not part of a class. They're just doing it because they enjoy it and they want the practical experience. Yeah, it's like an organization at Parkland. Yeah, so it's like a separate from outside from school thing. Yeah, They also um, host a music festival that I'm going to be playing at. And I wish I remembered the date of it. It is May 2nd. Wow, it's May 2nd. The only reason that I know that is because I won't be in town. Oh, no. Yeah, so shame on me. But yeah, they they host... Uh, festival yeah perimeter road music festival yeah so i'm gonna be playing at that um i heard them talking about some of the other artists that they were trying to book and it sounds like it's going to be really exciting so Yeah. yeah very cool unfortunately the perimeter road music festival that was scheduled for may 2nd of 2020 has been canceled due to covid19 although that's very very sad we have to be safe practice social distancing so have hope because they are scheduling it for 2021 so keep an eye out for that first weekend in may 2021 what made you choose finish line as like the song that you wanted to record with perimeter road i actually asked a bunch of people and was like what song do you guys think i should record and most of them were like finish line (laughs) and i think that that's been like a consistent fan favorite over the past year Mm. and people always seem to really like that song and get really into it so i was like might as well just like start out with a bang and just like do the the one that people think is the most entertaining i guess for my first recording the cover for this song was done by students 
and I can't remember, were they in the graphic design class or something yeah. like that? So and they was, became involved? Yeah, yeah it was um, all the students in a particular graphic design class at Parkland, and one of their class projects was that they all designed uh, an album cover and a poster for my single. And then they gave me all the options and just let me pick whichever one I wanted. Oh, and, boy. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a heavy task, <laughs> but it was... Um, it ended up being really good, and I love the album cover that I chose, and Julian did a really good job on it. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Were they, like, you didn't know who had done it? And I actually then it was did. Just, they, oh, you did? They presented oh. them to me. I oh, went no. into their class, and they each individually presented me their ideas and, like, explained them to me. Oh. It was really cool, actually. It was awesome. So, the artist that you finally selected, when they presented it to you, why did they design it the way that they did? They actually based it off of a photo of me that um, we did like a little photo shoot mm. for like promotion and stuff. And then they got all of the photos and most of the people in the class took the photos and like edited the photos. This guy made a complete like re-illustration of the mm. photo. And I just thought that that was really cool that he took the time to draw my face. A lot of the colors on the album were based off of my social media and like my website because I have a lot of like pastel pinks and purples mm. and blues and stuff like that. So I think that the like the color of the whole cover was based off of like my particular taste. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, it sounds like they did their homework, which is kind of yeah, cool. Like, I was really worried yeah. because I didn't even know if they had heard the song. I was really nervous that I was going to get some weird stuff that didn't really like make sense with the track because I didn't know if they even knew anything about the song. I didn't know mm. if they had the lyrics or if they like even knew enough to like look me up online or anything. So I, I just like did not know what I was going to get, but I was really happily surprised by the results. It was really great. That's cool. It was a hard decision. How many were there? I think there were like 20. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Is the Canopy Club also your favorite place to perform? N you know, non, non uh, open mic. I think my favorite performance probably was at canopy club um when i played for fuck finals they have an mm. event called fuck finals yeah, at yeah. the end of every semester and um i played last year i played my own set and then this year i did a couple songs with jake for his set and playing in the big room at canopy is really fun <laughs> Whoa. yeah i i had never played in the big room before that and um there were just like so many people and like they were all dancing and like right in front of you and the space is just like really big and cool and the stage is big and the lights are cool and it was just like a really awesome experience the fact that they put that in the large room yeah it's so a pretty like big it event. actually gets packed yeah it wow. does Wow. okay yeah because it's kind of like a ticket selling game mm -hmm. or like we all get um the artists all get tickets to hand out to their friends and like whoever gets the most tickets brought back in um you like get money or something I'm i don't know i don't i just nice. like the basically the point is to get as many people there as you can for free because uh you give them free tickets so yeah okay. it's really great cool yeah do you see like a, a big difference between like the campus music scene and like the cu community like music scene i don't know i'd love to see those kind of blend a little bit more yeah and it feels like there's there's kind of a, a separation between the two yeah i think that's like one of the things that i I'm hoping to achieve with my open mic at Espresso is um, trying to get more students involved. And mm. one thing that's been really great with that is like students that will just be like on their way home from class and 
stop into espresso for a drink and be like, oh, there's an open mic going on. And then they'll hear that we still have space. And then they'll just like sign up randomly. And it's people that like I've never seen before, people that maybe have never even like performed Hmm. at an open mic before, but they just like stop in on their way back from class or something and we'll do a song or two. And I think that's been really awesome. But I think, yeah, there should be more ways for the local community to connect with like more of the campus music scene. I always feel like the blending spot is it's like the house shows, you yeah. know? Um, like, that's where there's that overlap. But, yeah, definitely some of those open mics are, are a really good conduit for, like, getting p- new people into that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not a student anymore, so I don't know too much about the music scene, like, within the campus or, like, within the school. I definitely have been seeing more students come out to the espresso open mic and i think it's partly because it's like more of a comfortable atmosphere because canopy can be a bit much if you are like a new person going there i can see where it would be really overwhelming because there's a lot of people and everybody kind of like knows each other already but at espresso it's just always like a very open inviting atmosphere and it's just really welcoming and i would say anybody would feel comfortable playing there Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Exile on Main Street. Exile on Main Street, located in the old train station building at 100 North Chestnut Street in downtown Champaign, has been helping to build record collections since 2004. Carrying a wide array of new and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile on Main Street has something for just about any music enthusiast and old school gaming devotee. Exile also hosts regular free live music shows on its stage, so be sure to check out their Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for the up-to-date details on the next upcoming event. Open seven days a week. They can be reached by phone at 217-398-MAIN. That's 217-398-6246. Annika, what is your favorite non-musical thing? My favorite non-musical thing has to be my cats. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have I have two cats right now. Actually last year I adopted my cat um and I had never had a pet before in my life. And it turns out that my the cat that I adopted was pregnant when I adopted her. Oh. Sorry, I had so many kittens. She ended up having three kittens in my apartment. And it was like literally the best thing that's ever happened to me in my life, getting to take care of three little kittens. I kept one of them and the mom. So now I have two cats. And um, yeah, it it was just like the best thing that I've ever done, like raising kittens. It was so great. Okay. And so (laughs) so what are their their names? So um, Nova is the mom. And then the kitten that I kept is Luna. And then... When my friend adopted one and my family adopted one, mm. so they're still like in the circle. It is Lux and Stella. Yeah. Nice. So like yeah. all star. Spacey names. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they just make me really happy. I really like hanging out with them. Did you have pets growing up? Or no. did you? Oh, I never okay. had any pets growing oh. up. It was kind of like a random decision to even adopt a cat. Then she ended up having kittens and that was even crazier. What was the inclination to have a cat in the first place i was just like living on my own and i was like it would be great to have a cat around also i had a couple friends that had just recently gotten cats and they loved them so much and i loved them so much i was like i need one of my own so i ended up just adopting one because 
One of my coworkers had a similar situation where he ended up with a litter of kittens that he couldn't take care of all of them. And I was like, this is perfect. I'll just adopt one. And mm. then she ended up being pregnant and it was just crazy. Oh, but <laughs> yeah, it happens, wow. I guess. So how long have you had the cats, did you say? I have had Nova, the mom, for like a little bit over a year. And then the kittens were born in May. Oh my goodness. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any other favorite non-musical thing? I guess I could say my job. <laughs> oh yeah? I'm the assistant manager at Espresso Royale. Um, I've worked there for the past six years and it's kind of become like my home now. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's a good job and I really like my coworkers. So You are a big fan of coffee to yes, begin with. I love coffee. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've actually worked at coffee shops for like... Because I worked at, co at a different coffee shop for like three or four years before I worked at Espresso. So I've worked at coffee shops for a very long time. Even though I don't like going to work all the time, it's still like probably my happy place to cool. be because coffee shops just make me really comfortable. I was going to say, do you have a favorite drink that you like to prepare? But do you also do the the fancy... Uh, the, oh, the, latte the foam? art? Yeah, latte yeah, yeah, art. Yeah. I was like, oh, what's it called? Yeah, I do um, it sometimes. I, I've gotten a little bit out of the habit in doing it because people just like don't really appreciate it and then I'm like why did I put in all this work if you're just gonna put a lid on it but um <laughs> but no I I do like doing latte art it's fun I saw a latte art competition once at this thing called coffee fest that I went to which was like an expo at navy pier and they had a latte art competition it was like really cool to see how into it these people got and like how good they were they could do a bunch of different designs and stuff hmm. I can just do one I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of wanted wanted to hit the brakes when you like i went to coffee fest yeah like, so how did that happen that was when i was working at the old coffee shop that i used to work at called graham's 318 it's in the suburbs I, I worked there in my hometown one summer they just like sent all the employees to this expo called coffee fest and it was just like this big thing where there were like different classes you could take about coffee and tea and like different mm. vendors with like selling just a million like anything you could think of related to coffee or tea um and then they had a latte art competition huh. yeah it was really cool i actually would love to go back someday <laughs> annika thank you so much for coming on the show and telling me about your song finish line and about the canopy club and your early experience with open mics and how that inspires you and your favorite non-musical thing and you know, I, I look forward to hopefully you sticking around and sharing more of your talent with the Champaign-Urbana music scene. I'm glad that you're here and thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. Thank you for listening to Champagne is also a band podcast. This is Annika Emily reminding you, great music is out there. Go find it where you live.
thank you so much for being sorry. on the show. It's Annika. It did, I did sorry. it again. And I even looked at it. And I'm I was sorry. like, did I say Annika? You said Annika. Uh, you almost have an NPR voice. It's so good. Studio. <laughs> <laughs> On the inside. Mm, can, maybe we can table that discussion for another uh, time. <laughs>